thread, a singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Thread. Hi, this is Chuck Quinley, back again with Thread, episode 27. Uh, and I'm speaking to you today from Chiang Rai in northern Thailand. We've come down out of the mountain areas, and we're down now on the edge of the city of Chiang Rai, about 300,000 people here. And we're into beginning week five of Media Light Institute, where we've got a group of students from six countries, and they are learning about media production, how to become uh, Christian communicators to their generation here in Asia, and we're focusing on leadership development, communication skills, spiritual development, and also they're going to learn about many different forms of media. We're going to study radio and video and internet, and we're having a good time with them. It's about six days a week, maybe 12-hour days, so it's a pretty tough schedule, but we've got a lot to cover in 10 weeks, and we're doing it as a group and learning community, so it's Beautiful to be with all God's people and to see the changes that are taking place in their life. Um, Today, we're in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 37. This is a huge portion of the book. All of chapter 8 is what we call the hinge, and the the message of Jesus just swings at this stage in his ministry. And um, today, we're going to call this the Kilimanjaro teaching. So if you don't have a Bible, run, get one, come right back for Thread. All right, uh, opening your Bibles to Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Uh, this comes right after Simon Peter. Um, you know, the, the hinge of the book is Jesus says, Who do men say I am? And in chapter 8, we see a, a shift, a pronounced shifting in his ministry and in the focus of his ministry and his teaching. And Jesus says, Who do men say that I am? And they have a variety of answers, and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, and Jesus says, you're absolutely right. And then he begins to teach openly. He teaches his disciples, first of all, and then he teaches this openly, that Messiah is more than than they thought he was. Messiah will not only be successful, but Messiah will also fail on a human level. Messiah will be overwhelmed. He will be killed by wicked men. Messiah will suffer, but his suffering is not, uh, you know, just suffering as a political uh, opponent who is in a losing position. His suffering is uh, for others. His suffering pays a price. His suffering liberates other people. There's a spiritual dynamic to Messiah that they were missing. And that is that the blood of the innocent Messiah, the Lamb of God, has to be shed. And that blood will cover the sins of all the people and make them right with God. He becomes the bridge between the people uh, who need forgiveness and a holy God. And uh, it's it's the core of the teaching about Jesus. But this teaching, you know, is centered on... Who is Jesus? Is he qualified to be this person? And uh, do I accept him 
in that role in my life because if I do, it changes everything. He truly must be Lord of all. And so at this point, the teaching changes, and he begins this open teaching, verse 34. He calls all the people to himself, and he's been talking to them about you know, the sacrifice of Messiah. And now he, he gives them the higher way teaching. He shifts his message, and he, he's gearing up for the great sacrifice and the great test that lay before him, and not just him, but all of his followers, because they're going to have to decide to stay with him. And the new teaching focus is who Christ is and the necessity of absolute loyalty to him as a person, as the Lord of my life, if I intend to be his disciple. Now, up to that point, a lot of the teachings of Jesus are uh, what we call the salt and light teachings. He's talking about uh, good moral teaching about how people ought to live, how they should treat each other. If they, you know, if they claim to be the followers of God, then they need to live the way God lived by his value system. And they need to love each other and, and live accordingly. He's changing his focus. Now he's taught that for years. They've heard that teaching and he says, but we need to go to a higher place. We're, we're moving, we're moving upward. I have a friend named Diane and when she turned 50, she decided, although she wasn't really, she's not really an athletic kind of person, a sporty person. Um, she's an active person, but not, you know, nothing, nobody that does regular exercise or you know, trains in sports. But she decided she wanted to climb Kilimanjaro. Well, this is, a, you know, it's a pretty big challenge. It's not Everest, but it, it's really high, you know, high speak in Africa. And uh, so she signs up for it, trained a little bit, but you know, not so much. And then she, she joins this expedition to get up Kilimanjaro. And she said it was interesting to watch how it, how it works regarding the teacher, because on the first day, you've got a lot of these uh, driven types and, you know, they're CEOs and they're leaders in different fields. And they're coming out there with all their competence. And then you've got this teacher and, uh, you know, he's saying, I'm your guide and I want you to follow what I say. And for the first few days, uh, you're in, you know, you're in lowlands. And so you're moving up higher and higher and everybody has an opinion. And you've got all these uh, CEOs and other, you know, corporate types and leaders and driven people. And they're judging this person. They're looking, they're thinking, you know, I run a pretty big operation. I could, I could improve this operation even. They ought to do this differently and they ought to do that. And I don't see why we have to go so slow. And they just keep going. But they come to a point in the journey where um, the price is really getting high and it's starting to hurt and people are starting to uh, feel their, the difference as the, at, you know, the atmosphere changes and your oxygen level is going down and you're, you're just having to push one foot in front of the other and now you start vomiting from the altitude sickness. And, I mean, you might be throwing up you know, six, seven, eight, ten times a day and just doubling over. And, you know, your perspective changes because you're going higher and higher and people die if they don't obey their teacher. And so at that point, she said, you should watch the behavior change in these guys. All of a sudden, they are like Cub Scouts. And they're, you know, they're calling their their leader over and they're saying, check my straps, check my straps. Am I, am I packed right? Am I doing this right? You know, they are totally in submission but it's because they realize if we're going to keep if we're going to survive this and if i'm going to make it to the top 
and get back down in safety. I'm over my head right now, and I need somebody who who knows what he's doing to take me there and bring me back. And that's where we're at in the story of Jesus and his disciples. This is the point where he says, uh, this is no longer about how people ought to treat each other as good people on earth. This is about me. You either get in to the kingdom or get out. You need to make up your mind. This is total devotion time. Your complete sacrifice is required right now. If you want to go on with me on my road because I'm going to the cross, I've been moving among the people. Everybody gets free food. They all get healings. That you know That's been fun. Everybody enjoyed that. Now I'm going higher. I'm going up to the cross. And if you want to go with me, it's going to cost you something because you've got a cross too. And you're going to have to bear your own cross and come with me. And so it becomes a very serious teaching. And it's one that, that um, thins the ranks, you know, of who is, who's really going to be with him. But he wants them to understand what's at stake. And he says in verse 34, whoever desires to come after me, you know, desires, who, who's ever uh, longing, whose will and purpose is to be with me, someone who wants to come with me, those whose purpose in life, those whose heart is calling them and calling them to me, you know, to me as a person, not to just follow my teachings, but to follow me. If you're attached to me, he says, this is the way that you succeed. And this is how you're going to make it up this hill. And this is how this is how we're going to take the high places. You're going to, first of all, have to deny you, okay? Because you can't serve me and you. He's already told them you can't serve me and money. Uh, You can't serve me and power. And now he's saying you can't serve me and you. One of us has to lose, and it needs to be you. You're going to have to choose. I'm not going to make you do this. You do it from your own heart. When there's a vote going on between what what God wants from you and what you want from you, you vote with God. Vote against yourself. Deny you. That's your first step. Don't listen to your own voice. Don't listen to your own self-centered point of view, your desire to preserve yourself. Don't listen to that. You have to deny yourself. And the second thing he says, and then it's your choice. I'm not giving this to you. You're not going to be given a cross to bear. You take up your own cross. Pick it up. It's your choice. It's your action. Well, what is the cross? The cross, it's more than uh, the pain of how you died on the cross, you know, as, as painful as it is. More, more I think, uh, dramatic in everybody's mind. The cross is being rejected by your society. This is a part of the world, you know, where I've lived for 20 years also in Asia, where you you are part of a community that's more important than who you are as an individual is who you are as a, as a part of your community. And the cross is the way that they killed people that the community had rejected. And so it's a long, slow death accompanied by the mockery of people that, you know, 
You know, they are watching you die and they are repudiating you and your life and what you stand for. And they are, uh, you know, cutting themselves off from you and washing their hands of you and rejecting you. And he says, that is an experience you're going to have to prepare for. You take it up. It's your choice. It's your cross. You know, God doesn't force you on the cross. Lord crucified me. He said, no, crucify yourself. Um, get underneath your cross. If you want to follow me, because that's where I'm going. I'm not going to Club Med, and I'm not going to a palace. Uh, you know, One day, there'll be a kingdom with all kinds of reward. But right now, Jesus says, I'm going to the cross. So if you're coming after me, you're going to the cross also. So he says, you deny yourself, vote against yourself. You pick up your cross with your own willfulness. And then he said, and then you follow submission. You stop having an opinion of your own. And I don't know how many people I have seen uh, whose spiritual life pretty much was ground to a halt. They weren't going to make any more progress, and it didn't matter how many years they continued on identifying themselves as a Christian because, in fact, they weren't following Jesus. They were debating with Jesus. They were, um, you know, sometimes negotiating with Jesus and giving in to the Jesus teaching, but they weren't following and just saying, okay, I have no more opinions on things. What did Jesus say? You know, what do you think about this? Well, I don't know. What did Jesus say? That's what I'm doing. I just follow. You know, obedience is simple. You don't have to be brilliant to obey. You don't have to think. You don't have to innovate. You just have to be willing to deny yourself, lay down your your way and don't even have an opinion. Just listen to the instructions and then go do them. That's all you have to do. You just follow. And he said, that's what you're going to have to do. If you want to climb this mountain, if you want to succeed in this, you deny yourself, you take up your cross and then you just follow. You don't have to think, you don't argue with me. You just follow and you don't just follow teachings. You follow me. You follow Christ as a Person. We don't just follow the teachings of Jesus, although we we can't follow him unless we're willing to follow his teachings. But we're not following him as a philosopher. We're following him as a person, not a historical person, but a living person. Christians believe Jesus is alive and that the spirit of Jesus lives inside of us and that he communes with us and he will tell us things and he will give us instructions and we will we will need to obey the direction and instruction that is coming to us from Jesus the living person in our life we're not just following a religion we're following a living Christ and he says so if you're going to follow you need to follow now at this stage when you raise the stakes that high you're going to have you know some who will immediately flinch and draw back. So Christ has a word for those who draw back. He says, let's talk about it. Let's talk about drawing back from the cross. Notice in verse 34, he opened by saying, whoever has the desire, it's the, the central core of your heart is the desire to come after Christ. And uh, he, he tells them how to succeed at doing that. Now he goes to verse 35 and he says, but if instead of that desire, you have a different desire, a different passion, a different focus, a different mission, 
If your desire is save your life, whoever desires to save his life. Okay. So now I have a different desire completely. And this desire is to avoid pain. My mission in life, avoid pain. It is my focus. I want to avoid trials. I want to avoid sacrifice. I want especially to avoid persecution. That's another mission. It's one of two desires. You either desire to come after Christ or you desire to save your life. And he says, okay, let me, let me describe what's going to happen to you. If you choose that second mission, if you choose the first mission, you're going to have to take up a cross and follow me and be crucified. But you're going to find life in that. But on the second side, if you choose the other mission and that mission is that you will avoid pain, trial, sacrifice, and persecution, and make your life as comfortable as possible. The end of that mission is you're going to lose life. You're not going to have real life. That self-centered, me first, avoid challenges, way of, uh, of directing your course is not going to lead you to life. You can't find life there. There's not life. You will lose life. But if you will choose to lose your little life, for my sake, if you will choose to lose it, whoever loses his life and he has a reason for losing it, I'm choosing to lose in the short, um, you know, in the short view, I'm going to choose to lose for Christ says, for my sake, you do it out of personal loyalty to me. And secondly, for the gospel's sake, because Christians are missionary people from the very beginning, you cannot remove the missionary calling from Christianity, it doesn't work that way. Uh, now, you'll never have Buddhists, I don't think, knock on your door and talk to you about Buddhism and where you at right now in your spiritual life. And you won't have Hindus uh, inject themselves into your life to want to get to know you better so they can share about Hinduism with you and have you change your way of life and, and open your eyes and see what Hinduism is. You won't, you won't have that happen because it's not part of those faiths. It's not in their worldview. But it is in the Christian worldview. It's the whole heart uh, of being a follower of Jesus is, on the one hand, I'm communing with Jesus. But on the other hand, I am joining Christ in his unfulfilled mission. He has fulfilled the mission of dying for the world. He has not fulfilled the mission of the whole world knowing about the opportunity to enter the kingdom. And leaving the darkness and embracing the light and allowing Christ to bring them into the kingdom of God so that when the kingdom is established in reality on the earth, they will be part of that kingdom. That ministry is incomplete. And so being part of, of the people of Jesus is, is to be a person on a mission. And so Christ says there are sacrifices required. It will involve losing your life the way you think your life is supposed to be. You're going to have to give it up for two reasons. One, your loyalty to me will call for it because I, I need you to do it, and I'm doing it also, and I need you to follow me. Number two, the gospel needs it. You need to sacrifice your uh, popularity for the gospel. You need to sacrifice your comfort for the gospel. You know, some people don't want to speak up for Christ because they're afraid of rejection. He says, well, that's what I'm talking about. That's what the cross is. People won't necessarily like what you say, but it's important that you say it. So uh, 
lose your life for my sake and for the gospel's sake. And what will happen? Oh, well, you'll save it. You'll find real life. There'll be, there'll be a whole nother kind of life that you enter. Verse 36, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Loses his own soul. You know, uh, comfort is a wonderful feeling. And self-preservation is at, uh, I think it's in the core of everybody's actions and thinking, you know, what about me? But it's a relative value. It's not an ultimate value. Your life is passing by very quickly. This little short earthly experience of life won't last long. And Jesus cautions us against trying to make this life heaven and trying to make this life about comfort and about reward. And he's saying you need to you need to see it differently. You need to dig deep, pay the price, be part of the kingdom movement, and then there's another life, and that one lasts forever. That's the one about comfort and preservation and blessing and everything's going great. Don't expect it in this short one because this one has a different purpose. This is a mission life. But you know how valuable your soul will be on the right day. We tend to value things like our marriage, uh, a relationship with a child, uh, or with our parents on the day that they're gone, and we can't ever have it back again. And then it's like, oh, wow, I had no idea how valuable that was. Well, imagine the day that you lose your soul, and you've had a, you know, yes, you had a Rolex watch. What in the world will that matter? on the day that you lose your soul. Well, yes, I had three houses and I had jet skis and I had, you know, I flew business class. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What would you give, verse 37, on that day? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? And what would we do to get it back on the day that we realize we've lost it? Now, one final word where Jesus says to people, you need to toughen up. He says, whoever is ashamed of me, we're talking about avoiding persecution. Whoever is ashamed of me and ashamed of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, you know, that you would side with those people. If you're ashamed of me, of him, the son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father and with the holy angels. In other words, as a warning to the faint-hearted and the self-focused, the final end of all things is certain. You need to accept it by faith now and stay true, or you're going to risk losing everything in the end. One day, the Son of Man is returning. He's returning in glory and power, and he's returning with the angels of heaven. And on that day, all who paid the price to stand with him will save their soul and save their life. They will. Uh, any little sacrifices that we made along the way will appear as nothing on that day. And we will be so grateful that we answered the higher calling and that we, we went up to the heights and didn't stay down in the sewers of this world trying to impress this world and mix and mingle with this world. Well, God bless you as you ponder these things from God's word. If you want to... Uh, Email me directly. That's Chuck at Quinley.com. You can check out my personal website, Quinley.com, or you can check us out on the EmergeNetwork.org website. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Thread. Thread. 
A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to emergenetwork.org.